It's the story of an American who went to Russia. When in Russia, I think right when Russia broke, they created places so-called uh, Russian brides. And there were young girls who wanted to get married to different uh, foreign, you know, foreign people, foreign men. And this this particular person who wrote the book about that and actually wrote the uh, the screenplay. Hi, and welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of the La Femme International Film Festival. And this is a podcast for everyone who wants to learn more about film, filmmaking, TV, acting, directing, everything, and learning the dirty little secrets of Hollywood that makes it all tick. Today, I am uh, very pleased to have on board Irina Maleva. And I'm going to tell you who she is. Amazing stage screen, television, cabaret, uh, actress, performer, entertainer. Uh, she is actually the daughter of a famed Bulgarian stage actress. She started off as a child performer in her native Bulgaria and was discovered by Federico Fellini, which I cannot wait to find out how that came about. She has uh, acted in movies such as Spirits of the Dead and Roma. Uh, she played the lead part in Jessica in the film The Merchant of Venice, playing opposite Orson Welles. She has worked with iconic Italian directors uh, such as Roberto Rossellini, and her credits are so long, um, I just want to get in to the meat of of who and what Irina is all about. So, tell me you you've you've got to, you've got to start off telling me what was it like being first of all discovered by Fellini, and then working with Orson Welles. You know, a moment later. It's so nice to be to be on your podcast. And I know you from the film festival from La Femme, which is just wonderful. And I think some of my music videos were on some of these festivals. So maybe this year I'll have something new for you. We will see. <laughs> so starting, I mean, you made such a portrait already of me that uh, I could only, you know, say the little things in between. Uh, with uh, Fellini, I was, I was living in Italy and I was already working as a, I was like 15 or 16. I was in a theater group of Alessandro Fersen, who was like Stanislavski in Italy. And, uh, and we were at, uh, you know, at, at the theater on that time. And we went to Spoleto with a very interesting play. And I was one of the leads. It was called Le Devolerie, which means stories from the devil, from all different countries. And who came to see at the Spoleto Film Festival was Giulietta Mazzina and the wife of Federico Fellini. And after she saw the play, she went to my director and she said that she wanted to introduce me to Federico Fellini. And it was Giulietta Mazzina who actually introduced me to that 
great director. It was the wife that found you, not even Fellini. So what was it like working with him on these iconic films that you were, you know, gifted this, this, this beautiful, uh, you know, part to do? With Federico Fellini, you didn't have to be much of an actor. You just had to be there and he would tell you exactly what to do. Everything depended on him. Uh, he would create you. When he saw my photo, he painted something on top of it and gave it to the makeup artist. And he said uh, to me, um, you're an exotic, be it makeup at 4.30 in the morning. So <laughs> from there on started this, this whole collaboration with him where I had all of this amazing makeup and I was dressed in a different ways and he would just tell me, go and do that, say that, speak in any language that you know. And as I speak seven languages, I sounded like a girl from the school of Berlitz. <laughs> and uh, of course, and they were all different costumes. And so I basically knew in one of the things, I was also in Satyricon. Satyricon was my first film with him. And uh, in Satyricon, I was the young Ancella and doing all kinds of crazy things with Iram Keller, who was the lead of the film. And then later on, once Fellini takes you, he just won't, likes to keep you for more films. Then I was with Terence Stamp in the um, Toby Dammit and, and so on. So that was Fellini was creating what he wanted to create from an actor. Where did you... Um... Or how did you jump from working with this iconic uh, director to another iconic director in The Merchant of Venice uh, opposite Orson Welles? Because then he, he also continued to uh, direct you in, I think, other uh, films. So w how did that come about? I had the lead in a long TV series for children, which was called Poli in Venice. And it was all shot in Venice. And on that time, Orson Welles was looking for a young actress to play his daughter in The Merchant of Venice. And he was going to direct it. He was assigned by BBC to do Shakespeare adapted by Orson Welles. So um, what I did, I auditioned and I was picked out of 100 girls who auditioned for the part. And it was shot, the whole film was shot in uh, Azolo, which is near Venice, in the house of Eleonora Duse, that great actress, Italian. So I was doing the TV film series and I was shooting with Orson Welles over weekends or during the night. And it was, for me, was the most incredible experience and was the happiest time of my life really working with Orson Welles because he opposed to Fellini he would let the actor be the actor and do what what the actor thought was right for the part 
Well, that was really amazing. And, and can you believe that I never saw the film until three years ago because the film disappeared. And it, and it resurfaced, and so, you've, and so you only saw it three years ago. Wow. Three years ago, Vera Mjoic from um, a Southeastern European Film Festival, you might know her, she found out that the film was in the hands of a Munich special studio that put together all the material that had disappeared, and, and they could show it. So we had a special screening here at the Egyptian theater. Maybe it was four years ago, actually. And I saw the film or whatever was, you know, found from the film. So what was his, what was, how did, how did Orson Welles communicate with you as an actor? I know you said that he let you be as an actor, but what, what was that? Did he, you know, talk to you about character? Did he talk to you about motivation? How did he help you be that actor on set? Because I was very young. I, I was 17 then when I did that part with Orson Welles. What he did is when I had a scene with him, he would make me sit in his dressing room and watch, watch, and I had to watch how he was transformed into Shylock, who was that father that I actually in the play hated. So because he was such a wonderful man and in life, he was really treating me like his daughter. So I really loved him, but he wanted me to hate him in the play. And I would just sit and watch him being transformed into Shylock, which was really scary because he was putting uh, this amazing nose and all of the makeup that he put on himself. And then finally, when he put his hat and stared at me, I was so scared that I ran out of the dressing room. And that's when he said, Jessica, the monologue. And, uh, and it was an incredible experience. It was all very natural and very emotional. But he was using a method to help you get there in that moment and for that character. Right. Uh, amazing. How uh, did he use any other moments of method or any other techniques that you can remember, uh, you know, in subsequent scenes that you did and shot with him? He let me be very much myself. And in one monologue, I remember that I went so, I was so excited and so emotional that I forgot exactly what I was supposed to say, but I knew the sense of it. And I kept on talking in the sense of what he had written. And I looked around and I saw that everybody was scared because everybody was scared by him, all the people working with him. But he didn't say stop. He didn't stop the camera. So I continued. And when I finished finally my monologue, he applauded. So that was, he kind of, uh, uh, he really recognized the actress in me. And that was amazing. 
because by that time I already had my own chair and so on, which, you know, as a young girl, I was just sitting wherever I could sit, you know, I didn't have these pretenses. So uh, that was an acknowledgement from his part that was really incredible. Did you stay in contact? You stayed in contact with him because he then brought you back to do something else. So what was that next experience? The next experience was in the theater in London. So I was in his theater group in London for some time, and it was all different things. It was always whatever Orson Welles was writing and adapting different dramaturgs or different different writers to his own writing. So it was always very, very interesting. Did he do a lot of improv with you and the other actors? Did, did he... Did he let you develop his his own uh, dialogue uh, or or scenes that he was working on? How did that? What was that experience? You know, like. Yes, he did. He did uh, quite a lot of improv, and he let us be free. I mean, that was what was so important that he let us have our own ideas of the characters that he was creating that we could go and develop them more or have different ideas. Uh, he was just a unique, amazing genius. And I must say that I was lucky that by that time I was not afraid of him because I was too young. And uh, through my mother, I had met many famous people in my life. so. I had a very nice attitude towards being with such a famous person. Right. Well, you know, Orson Welles could shake the fear uh, into anyone. Um, so the stories were told. Uh, uh, so how, did he do that uh, through just his um, explosions? Or were people really just fearful of him because it was so darn brilliant? Uh, uh, you know, during this this really touchstone that you had uh in his in this relationship of actor you know director in this uh theater ensemble i i never had any fear of him because in life he was so wonderful with me the whole group had to sit and eat together and uh, and i was always Actually, he called me Jessica all the time. He never even called me Irina. I became his daughter. <laughs> and uh, as I was always on a diet, because in, especially in the TV series, I had to be thin and small and so on. I was always on a diet and he would make me eat a lot. He would say, oh my God, that's so sad. You're not eating that. <laughs> He was a guy that liked to eat a lot, to drink a lot. I mean, really a bon vivant. So I I had this relationship with him literally like a daughter and a father. Did that continue through, um, you know, past, um, you know, other films that you did uh, and your career? Was he always there as, as a mentor for you? He was as long as he was fine. My last time that I saw him was here in Beverly Hills 
we had lunch at uh, Beverly Hills Hotel. And by that time, he had become enormous, really. And uh, I think that was really the last time that we met and we talked. And uh, he was always giving me advice for certain things. By that time, I had made a lot of films already in Italy. So he did remain as a mentor until until he was alive. And I tried to keep in touch with him. You know, you you have a legacy of films that you created um, and uh, had parts that you portrayed in Italy longer than we have time to go into on this podcast. Um, but you also did extensive theater work here in Los Angeles. Can we talk a little bit more about uh, you know, that experience once you came from Italy and migrated over into, you know, the more Hollywood establishment and the theater um, groups here in L.A.? I, I came first to New York. I was supposed to marry a man, but I really married the city. I loved so much New York that if I remained, it wasn't because of the man that... Uh, that I loved. It was because of New York. I just lost my mind over New York completely. That was my first stop. And in New York, because on that time I had quite a lot of accent. Well, I still have an accent, but uh, um, I, I became a singer and I started doing the cabaret performances. And also I executive produced a film with um, Pat Benatar and um, with Debbie Harry called Union City, in which I played uh, a crazy off the wall Contessa. And I loved that film. That film was, was really pretty interesting film. That went to some festivals as well. And after that, I came to Los Angeles and uh, in Los Angeles, I continued television I never played American, although I could make, I could speak in American accent, but I guess even my face had an accent, so I always played all different <laughs> type of uh, characters from different countries. And uh, so I did a lot of television work, as you could see, and then then I did a CD called Illusions with a wonderful, wonderful musical producers. Michelle Brauman was my musical director and Stefan Oberhoff. And uh, after the CD, I wanted to do a play. And the director of the play Illusions was Randy Johnson, who was the director of One Night with uh, Janis Joplin very, very talented, uh, incredible personality, incredible director, in which I sang and was basically my own kind of life story through songs and through conversations. Uh, then I did another play uh, as with director Carlisle King, which I loved a lot, was called Gypsy in My Soul. I always consider myself kind of a gypsy of the world. Uh, and uh, that was more of a comedy and it, it had really a great, uh, I mean, both performances played for some time and were successful. 
and now I'm I'm going to do another one. Oh, really? When, uh, when, 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 and what is it? Uh, what's it titled? Well, first of all, we're working with Carlisle um, King on a pilot, which that's the first thing, and then we'll have a play. So it, it definitely will be for next year, but uh, we have to find out, you know, which thing goes first. Well, I mean, you've had such a legacy of, of TV um, parts, uh, uh, Susan Sarandon uh, in the comedy drama The Meddler, the drama series Aquarius with David Duchovny, uh, Jane the Virgin. Um, you are currently back on television um, with a different part on a Peacock series produced by Seth Rogen and uh, even Goldberg. Can we talk about that and, you know, how that came and, and what your role is on this, on this uh, Peacock series? That, that's a very interesting project. Uh, the director is wonderful. Jason, uh, how do you pronounce it? I have to say. That. Walner. Jason Walner. Walner. He's wonderful. He's just a wonderful director. And uh, it's the story of an American who went to Russia. When in Russia, I think right when Russia broke, they created places so-called Russian brides. And they were young girls who wanted to get married to different uh, foreign you know, foreign people, foreign men. And this this particular person who wrote the book about that and actually wrote the, the screenplay, Paul Goldman is his name. He played the main character in the series. And what I play is basically the manager of one of these Russian brides. Um, and... Uh, and the manager that really likes the girls that work at her place. And it, it becomes almost a story. It's real story and it has fiction in it and all different things happen there. So all of this, I think there are six episodes. I'm in four of them. They'll come out by the end of the year on Peacock. And then they're continuing so it was very, very interesting, I must say. And I played with the Russian accent. I speak Russian. So I really liked it. So we'll see what comes out of it. But uh, it was quite amazing, yeah. So uh, this was during, uh, forgive me, but this is during the the kind of rise of of the Russian the Russian bride phenomenon that happened in the US, right? Where men were were going over to find uh, attractive women, uh, the Russian ladies that ended up marrying Americans were doing so to escape poverty and escape Russia at the time. Some lived great, great, great lives in the U.S. and some lived not so great lives in the U.S., depending on who that gentleman they married ended up kind of be, be being, right? Uh, so in the storyline, uh, does it really touch upon the 
underbelly as well as the uh, positive uh, and everything in between? Yes, yes. One of the wives, the marriage ends badly. The other one has a lot of interference from some of the oligarchs that start interfering. And it almost becomes like a spy story towards the end because the American gentleman is followed by them. So my character is trying to help him. It becomes a very interesting story, which is more part of the fiction, while the beginning of the marriage and so on is the real part of his life. That's interesting. And that's uh, for the listeners that's coming out towards the end of the year on, on Peacock. Uh, what is the title on that? It does touch all different sides of that. So make sure that you uh, tap into Peacock and look at this new series. Uh, you mentioned some of the new projects that you're working on. Um, are you developing those currently um, just as an executive producer or as an executive producer, as well as an actress so that you can play on both sides of the camera. You know, what's your perfect storm? Well, mainly, mainly as, as an actress and also co-writer with the director because she writes very interesting and we have an incredible comedy contact. Uh, so we like the fun things in life and uh, so I tell her stories, she tells me stories, then she kind of writes them. And uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll produce one part. We'll find out how it'll work. Depends how good it is. That's, that's good. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do you, what, 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 what land haven't you tackled that you still um, want to achieve? Well, I do, I do want to do this pilot and out of the pilot to, to expand it because I think it's interesting to see from a woman's point of view what are the ups and downs of an actress and, uh, and the life that requires an actress to have in order to, to succeed and, and and to to work so it'll be more meaningful than than what i'm saying really we'll see how it comes out okay uh what advice can you give a young actress uh, either coming from a foreign country into hollywood or somebody here that you can really bestow from your years of experience I would tell them never to give up. And if they really need to act, I have, I must say for myself that I have a need to act. I didn't act my whole life because I needed money or I needed fame. That never really interested me that much because I always, my theater and my cabaret were my bread and butter, so to say. So the the movies and the other work that I did, I did when I loved the part, when I liked the story and so on. And I have this amazing need to act. So if I don't act, then I sing. I would like to do another CD. 
when it's a moment of stillness more. And I would say to an actress, never to give up. And if that's her wish, it has to be genuine wish for art and for expression. Do you think you got that from your mother, who was a very famous uh, Bulgarian stage actress, this this desire of not giving up, or just from the culture you came from? I got a lot from my mother, but she never wanted me to be an actress. So I really did it on my own, completely on my own. As a child, she was preparing 10 children to go for an audition and I was just listening what she was telling them. That was when I was seven years old and I learned the poem and I had my nyanya bring me to that audition and I got the part, not the other children. So that was the first thing that uh, as much as she didn't want, I became an actress in all my life. She has been against that. But uh, at the end, she gave up. What's your last uh, tidbit that you can share with us? Um, something that you've learned along your travels that you can bestow to the younger generation uh, listening in? Don't ever be negative towards people. Be positive. Love the other person. Because if you want to be accepted as who you are, you have to recognize the other person or the other people and not to put them down. But once you're nice to people, they're nice to you. There is good in everyone in us and there is no place for hate. And more you can approve of another person, more you really gain the understanding of that person. So I advise to look at the positive side of people. That is such a truism. Pass it forward for all those listening in and be kind. Kindness is the word of the day. Um, thank you, uh, Irina Melova, for uh, joining me on uh, Best and Fest. And uh, make sure that uh, those listening in um, rate us, rank us uh, on all the pad plod podcasts platforms out there uh and don't forget to see the video component on the lafemme uh youtube channel of this podcast thank you so much irina for joining us on best and fest thank you leslie it was wonderful talking to you you too